The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball podcast, and we are getting towards the end of summer and nearing football season, but a lot of uh, basketball stuff going on, specifically Kyrie Irving, star point guard on the Cleveland Cavaliers, being dealt in a blockbuster trade with the Boston Celtics, going to Boston, and uh, joining me to discuss this and some other NBA topics, diehard Boston Celtics fan from Pasadena, California, Akshay. What up, Akshay? How's it going? What's up, Lee What's going on, bro? Uh, you know, it's good to be back. You know, uh, trying to get used to what's going on with all the NBA talk right now. With the Celtics trade, well, supposedly trade, you know. And I see what happens here. Um, it's still in the works. From what I hear, you know, it's... Uh, we'll see what happens, man. You know, I don't know where it's going to go or why is it dragging on so long, but uh, let's talk about it. Uh, definitely always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, as a Celtics fan... Uh, the trade took place last week. Uh, just kind of walk us through. What were your thoughts uh, when you first heard about the trade, and uh, what what did you think initially, and what do you think now after all the stuff that has went down? You know, uh, initially when I when I heard about this, Paul, you know, I was I was shocked. You know, I mean, they were going to trade um, it. You know, uh, Isaiah Thomas. You know, the guy that. Uh, that pretty much was the heart and soul of the Celtics last year, you know, the last couple of years, but especially last year. The guy who played uh, NBA Finals right after his sister passed away, you know, the guy that made, that put his, his heart out for the Celtics. You know, I was kind of shocked, and I'm like, well, no, no, what's going on here? You know, and then, um, usually I I thought it was just like a straight up, like, uh, Jay Crowder and IG for, for, um, for Kyrie Irving, then I then I wrote a, uh, there was a Brooklyn pick, and also um, a guy they picked up, uh, Ante Zizek, from uh, the guy who they were stashing overseas. So then my initial thought was, hey, oh my God, I think you just keep giving too much, especially with the Brooklyn pick, you know. But then I, after reading more into it, then uh, I heard about this: what uh, Isaiah Thomas has potential injury, hip injury that. Uh, that can that can keep him out potentially a good part of, the, of this season, and um, if he doesn't recover well, that can potentially hurt him for the rest of his career. You know, so uh, then I, I started thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this is a good decision because you're getting Carrie Irving, who is what four years younger, pretty much has identical game as it. Um, he's four years younger. He's about what six three, and he's um, he hasn't even really hit um, the, uh, his prime yet. You know, it's like he's beginning to hit his prime. So this might be actually a good deal for the Celtics. You know, that's the thought that went through my mind when I first heard about this. Okay, definitely some great points. Uh, I mean, Kyrie going to Boston, uh, definitely uh, an upgrade at defense. <laughs> 
uh, over Isaiah Thomas. Definitely upgrade in offense. Kyrie, uh, very spectacular player. Uh, the, the way he finishes at the rim is just a joy to watch. I mean, the change of direction, the flashy uh, change of direction, change of hands at the rim. And he's just an artist when, when he drives to the rim. But, uh, I mean, kind of getting it hit on, on the side of Cleveland, uh, what, where does Cleveland go from here? Uh, kind of initially after conducting a physical with Isaiah Thomas, uh, with him being the the focal point of the trade for them, uh, where do they go from here? Do they completely rescind the trade or do they uh, negotiate for other uh, kind of compensation or asset from Boston? What do you think happens with that? Okay. You know what I got to say, bro? <laughs> I got to say Cleveland's got to accept this because I don't think Boston's going to budge. And, and if I'm Ainge, I wouldn't budge either. You know, because, dude, they, uh, the way I see it, I mean, maybe my facts are wrong. I don't know. Uh, uh, please correct me if they are. But the way I read it is Ainge pretty much told Cleveland everything about uh, about his about his injury. You know, that's what Ainge did. He told him exactly what's going on with his injury. And uh, I think right now, it's, I think they're just, their they're GM is a um, Altman, I believe, He's a young guy, first-year GM, and he's just being too cocky. And I think that he's, his cockiness, and he's just, he's, he's just trying to get more from the trade. You know, I mean, uh, the Celtics are giving the Brooklyn pick. This, I mean, let's be real, bro, here. It's like the real trade here is for the Brooklyn pick. That's the real trade. You know, that that pick can be, can give the uh, Cavs a franchise difference maker for the years to come. This is what this trade is about. It's not about Isaiah Thomas because next year, Isaiah Thomas is going to be a free agent. And I think part of the reason why he was also traded, I mean, as far as, I mean, besides the injury and, and the status of, we don't know what's going to happen with his uh, healing process, is that he's going to be a free agent next year and he's commanding big bucks for it. You know, he was always talk about, let's bring the brick trucks coming in. You know, I mean, I respect the guy, you know. I, I totally respect him for, for what he did for the Celtics and so on, you know, and I, I think he deserves the money. You know, but unfortunately, I'm not the GM of the Celtics. That, that's the Ainge, and that's Ainge's decision on what he has to do to make the Celtics more relevant in the future and the uh, ability to attract other high free agents to come by. And I think with Irving, that's a potential point in the right direction. You know, but, but I mean... Even with the Cavs, I think that this GM, uh, bro, I think he's just being too cocky. And I think he's realizing that, you know, he he can't do this. He has to accept this deal because this is, if he's, a, if he's doing this as a rookie GM, he's doing this, and then what do you think is going to happen later on for him down the line? You know, if he's trying to screw around with Ainge, who's one of the better GMs in the league, if not the best, a lot of GMs are not going to be, are not going to be willing to work with this guy anymore. You know, so I think he, I think he needs to realize that, and then he needs to accept the trade for what it is. I think Celtics are offering um, a second round pick and additional second round pick, and that's pretty much it. This guy wants either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, which is, I, in my mind, utterly ridiculous. When you're including the Brooklyn pick and you're including Jay Crowder and you're also including Anton Zizek, you know, which is a young up and coming center. I mean, I, I don't expect Zizek to be a, a franchise quarterstone or an all-star, but he can be 
um, he can be one of these guys that will get you maybe double-double a game uh, down the road. You know, he's one of these guys that will, that will be in the league for a good 10 years and get you a double-double a game. So, I mean, in my mind, I think the, the Caps are getting plenty for this trade. You know, I think the GM is trying to pull out as much as he can for the Celtics, knowing that the Celtics are still loaded. Even if, if they give the Brooklyn pick away, they're still loaded with multiple first-round picks for the next, what, three to four years. So that's what I think, you know? Okay. I mean, a uh, couple things here. Uh, I mean, Cleveland, I think, uh, I don't know how, how much truth to this is, to this is but uh, I believe they're stating that they didn't know initially how bad Isaiah's hip was. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh. They knew, bro. They knew, you know. I mean, Ainge, Ainge, of course, told them what exactly was going on, you know. I mean, they knew coming in fact that the guy is injured, you know. They knew that. But the thing is, they're acting as if, like, Isaiah Thomas is the guy that's going to come in and change their season. It's not going to do anything, you know, because ideally, we know Kyrie, they have to trade Kyrie Irving. That's the doubt, you know, because with uh, with all the stuff that's going on with him and LeBron, they can't coexist next year. It's going to be impossible unless LeBron or him is willing to take a step back and apologize, you know, and kiss and make up both of them. But I don't see any other way that's going to happen. And you see the offers that um, other teams have given to the Cavs. Boston's offer is the best because it includes the Brooklyn pick. Other teams don't have that pick to give, you know. So, uh, in my mind, I think Cavs are. This is it for the Cavs, and I think they have to. They, have, they need to trade. Uh, they need to trade. Um, um, they need to trade uh, Irving because I think next year you, you don't know what's happening with LeBron. Most likely, he's going to leave. In my mind, I don't think he's going to stay. He's going to leave. So, at least uh, if he leaves in free agency, you need to get something. For Kyrie leaving, you know, because I don't think Kyrie, I mean, if you leave here, you have, let's say, oh, okay, let's say they go with the Celtics, you you get the Brooklyn pick. If they go with, like, a team like Milwaukee or if they go with a team like, uh, I think there were some other teams that were interested, let's say a team like, uh, I forget some uh, other teams that were interested in him, but let's say we, if we go with the Milwaukee, yeah, you're getting some young, promising players that had been in the league for a couple of years, but you're not getting the Brooklyn pick. You know, and I think this whole trade is about the Brooklyn pick. I think the Cavs GM is just being, is just being, what do you call it? He's just trying to gauge the Celtics for more and more. You know, and I think in the end, it's got, I think he's just going to budge and he'll, hopefully he'll accept the terms as it is. Okay, I mean, going back to that, if there's some truth to that where he didn't know about the injury, I think he has a, a little bit of a, of a say or kind of a point just because Isaiah is one of the focal points of the trade all, along with the Brooklyn pick. But I mean, I think Isaiah, I mean, that's the kind of guy that they're going to kind of look to, towards like signing if, because I think they've already kind of accepted in my opinion, that LeBron's most likely leaving at the end of next season. Yeah. And then another thing, I mean, I think uh, I kind of disagree with the, the thing that Kyrie and LeBron, I mean, if they already kind of believe that LeBron's leaving, I think they can, why not bring Kyrie back and have LeBron play? I mean, it's not like Kyrie's going to come out and not play. for Just sit out for a season. I think he's still going to play, and I mean, I, th- I still think the Cavs will do really well with him. I mean, it doesn't matter how, how much him and LeBron hate each other. I think, th- 
I still think once they get on the court, they're going to play. And at the end of the season, Kyrie's still locked down for two more seasons. LeBron leaves. I mean, you can still build around Kyrie. So, but I mean... I mean, I, I agree with that, you know. I would uh, agree with what you're saying. He can, he'll probably still stay on. But the issue is, I think, I think at this point, I think Kyrie is also, when it comes to LeBron, they're... They burned the bridge with, uh, with, with what's his face, Brad Gilbert, the owner. You know, I, I think that's what, in my mind, I think Kyrie wants a fresh start because he demanded a trade last year. You know, he, the word is, I don't know how true it is, but he demanded a trade last year, even before the final. You know, he he put in, I want to get traded. I know, yes, mostly it was because of LeBron, but I think it's also because of even management especially with the owner. And I, and I think even if he does stay, if they don't trade him, I can potentially see more and more bad vibes coming out and he coming out publicly again saying, hey, you know what, I want to get traded. You know, and I, I think it's going to sort of, uh, it won't affect his game, no. It won't affect the game, but it could potentially affect, like, the Cleveland fan base. You know, what's going on, the rift between him and potentially the owner and maybe other players on the team, who knows? You know, that's, uh, that potentially can catch on fire. Yeah, I mean, it should be interesting to see what happens. I mean, but uh, ultimately, I think this trade stands. I mean, I don't know what, what ultimately if Boston gives up something else or not. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, let's kind of uh, break down the trade. I mean, like, I mean, how, how do you think Kyrie's going to fit in with the, with the Celtics going into next season? Well, I, I think he, if this goes through, I think he'll fit in really well. I mean, he, it's going to take some time for them to all gel together because Boston now is what? I mean, from last year, there's only four members of the team coming back from last year's team. So it's, uh, it's going to be definitely take some time to gel. And if, uh, if yeah, it, would, it definitely take, I think those four players are what? Smart, Jalen Brown, Horford, and Jason Tatum. Oh, uh, which one? I'm sorry? Al Horford. Al Horford, there you go. And then there's one more. I forget who the other one is. They do, they can't recall right now. Jarebko, I think. Pretty much it. Uh, no, no, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Only four players. It's only four players coming back from last year. So it's it's pretty much a team is a new team. It will take some time to gel, but I think with Irving, you know, the more and more I'm watching it, I like his game because he's pretty much people call him a younger version of an IT, but he's just taller. You know, so that's the way. And then, in addition, I just think players, a lot of other star players will be willing, are more willing to play with him because they've seen what he's done in the, I mean, uh, in the game and the playoffs and so on. I mean, Kobe once called him what he has that uh, the Mamba mentality, the killer mentality, like those eyes or something. That's what he mentioned some time back. But I mean, you know, like uh, an interesting. Um, um, fact is, actually, Kyrie, back in 2014, Kyrie was recruiting Gordon Hayward to come sign with with the Cavs. So now, if this everything goes through, he gets a, a chance to actually play with Gordon Hayward. And I think it's, it's sort of good, too, because Kyrie alone, let's say they didn't have Gordon Hayward, Kyrie alone, I don't think he's a guy that can really, he can really carry the team by himself. He needs another player there, and now you have Gordon Hayward, and potentially... Down the road, if this does 
um, if it if it does go through down the road, our uh, Ainge is still going to go after um, Anthony Davis of the Pelicans. You know, and then I think that's the end game. Uh, there's a lot of articles out on the on the web saying this is the Celtics end game. We're going after Anthony Davis, and uh, I, I think that I read somewhere that Anthony Davis has already said at some point that he wouldn't mind. He would he would love to if he can play with uh, Kyrie Irving at some point in his career. So this is good. I mean, who knows what will happen? I mean, now and I think with now in the in the short term. The trade will go through at some point before I think the Thursday deadline, but in the future it just it it can possibly open up a lot of doors because Ainge has all those picks to uh, still has a lot of picks to get out because even next year it's like this uh, another topic we can make. So I mentioned that because even next year uh, the Brooklyn pick, dude, it may not be uh, um, a bottom two pick next year. Because Brooklyn did a, a whole lot better in free agency. I mean, they picked up Alan Craig. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Alan Crabb. They picked up some other uh, good players. Uh, well, they uh, traded for Ari- D'Angelo Russell. So, so. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jamari Carroll. So, uh, I mean, they're they're definitely going to be a lottery team, but they're, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. But this Lakers pick, you know, that the Celtics have, which can. Which is uh, which will come to the Celtics if it's, it falls between two and five. I mean, I don't think the Lakers are going to do that well this year. I mean, yeah, they'll be maybe a little better, but I think there's they'll still be a, a lottery bound. I mean, the West is loaded this year. I mean, Houston just got better. Golden State is Golden State. The Spurs just picked up Rudy Gay. Um, who else do we have in the Western League? I mean, with the Clippers. The Clippers are, I mean, yeah, they lost Chris Paul, but they're stacked now, depth-wise. Oklahoma City, Minnesota got a lot better. Oh, yeah, oh, there we go. Oklahoma City picked up Paul George. Minnesota uh, picked up Jimmy Butler. You know, so the West got a whole lot stronger. You know, I mean, Denver picked up somebody, too, I forget. Paul Millsap. Oh, they picked yeah. up, uh, I'm sorry? Paul Millsap. Oh, yeah, yeah, Paul Millsap. There you go. So uh, I can definitely see the Lakers being one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, and uh, potentially, um, potentially maybe uh, that pick can potentially land in, in the two to five range next year. And next year's draft is not bad as well. You know, it's still a loaded draft. Yeah, sure. If it's two to five, let's say it, if it turns out to be the fifth worst, and Celtics get the pick. They won't be able to get uh, Michael Porter, Marcus Bagley, but there, but there's some other good players. There's uh, the guy, um, I think Aiden. There's, there's another center. There's another um, uh, Luke. I forget his name, last name, but he's like a six eight uh, guard. Uh, so the, I mean, there are other players available, which could potentially be game changers next year, but. But with the Brooklyn pick, I don't know, man. I mean, Brooklyn did improve themselves this year, you know. And then teams such as like uh, what do you call it? Chicago, I think it's going to be pretty much, if not the worst team, one of the worst next year because they lost pretty much Butler. Um, they lost. Uh, there's rumors that Wade might sign with uh, if he's bought out. He might sign with the Cavs. Wade is being bought out at some point, I think. I think, At some point, I think we so can all agree to that. Like he's going to the Cavs. 
you know, if he gets bought out, he's going to the Cavs. And then um, if he gets bought out, he's going to the Cavs. And then uh, Rondo, I think he signed somewhere else, or I, I don't know what his status is. So I, I think Chicago is not going to be that great of a team next year. He could potentially be the worst team in the league. So, if, I mean, for, let's say, if I was the Cavs management, you know, I, I'd actually take this trade. You know, I mean, because, yes, I mean, as a Celtics fan, dude, I mean, as a diehard Celtics fan, excuse me, <laughs> um, it hurts me to see Isaiah Thomas being traded, dude. Initially, when I saw the trade, I'm like, oh, man, it's like my heart sunk. Because he's the, he's the heart and soul of this team. You know, but then all the stuff that I, that I started reading later on and so on is because next year he wanted uh, he wanted a max contract. I mean, I don't think he's worth $200 million or close to that. You know, because he's going to be 30 next year. And um, coming off his injury, which I, I really don't know what it is, because I, I don't know all the details, is it possible that he can fully recover from it? Um, I mean, these are all questions in the air right now. And to pay the guy up to $200 million next year to re-up him, I don't know. You're, you're taking a huge risk there. Okay, definitely. Going back to the the trade, uh, now for Boston we go Kyrie, either Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Mm -hmm. Al Horford, and possibly uh, fifth guy, Marcus Morris, I think. So I think there's starting five. Would that that lineup, starting lineup, Boston best team in the East? I would, um, I would, with that starting lineup, yes. But, but it comes down to a depth on the bench. That's the issue. You know, because with that starting lineup, let's say you have, uh, you have Kyrie Irving, um, point guard, okay, starting guard, you, you can have uh, either, um, let's say starting guard, you can have Gordon Hayward, okay, you can have small forward Jalen Brown, power forward Marquia. Is it Marquise Morris or Marcus Morris? I, I I don't know. I keep on getting mixed up. I think it's Marcus have, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. Yeah. Okay? And then center you can have Al Horford. Okay, that's your starting five. Okay, and, but off the bench then you're getting off the bench you're gonna have um, as far as veterans you'll have Terry Rozier. Uh, you're gonna have. Um, Marcus um, Smart. Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart. Yeah, they're going to have that role. Marcus Smart will going to have to be the sixth man. of the. Well, he'll be sixth man, most likely. Uh, coming off the bench, Marcus Smart. But then you have, But then after that, you have a bunch of, um, of rookies coming in. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, potential, you know. One of the guys I like, and uh, I've shown us all this guy. I showed us all last year. I have. I actually showed, I saw the clips of this guy play him and then this other guy um, uh, play last year. They say, okay, the first guy is, uh, he's from France, who they picked up last year's draft, Gershon Yasubeli. This guy is what, 6'8", 265 pounds, and this guy is like, he, he just like, uh, 265 pounds and supposedly 6% body fat. You see, and you, you watch this guy play, if he comes down the lane, there's no stopping this guy. He's just too big. He'll just run right over you. If he comes down the lane, he has an inside game, he can rebound, and he can hit the three 
like it's no tomorrow. He has a consistent three-point shot. This is the guy I, I, I'm most actually excited to see next year play. Um, the other guy they have is, uh, is um, D-League uh, Rookie of the Year from last year, Abdel Nader. This guy's what, 6'7", maybe um, 6'7", 215 or something. Um, he's at a, he's a kid out of Europe. I mean, I'm sorry, he's a kid at, out, of, uh, out of Egypt who came out last year. Uh, the Celtics picked him up in the second round or something. Then he became, they picked him in the, in the second round and they offered him the chance that, uh, I mean, he showed really good in the in training camp. And, and, they, and they said, uh, okay, you know what? Um, we're going to give you the opportunity if, if you want to go sign somewhere else with some other team, maybe get a, a starting role. But he said, no, no, I, uh, I got drafted with you guys. Uh, I want you to put me in the D League, so I can I can fasten up my game. I can get better, and I can possibly own. Um, I can possibly get uh, a starting spot with you guys, and that's what happened. He got in D League. He became D League Rookie of the Year, and now he's on the Celtics. Now he's on the starting roster. So you have him. Uh, you have also. Um, they picked up this guy. Um, um, how have you heard of him? Uh, I know he played some time back, like Sean Larkin or something. Shane Larkin? Shane Larkin, Shane Larkin, yeah. They picked him up. Um, uh, who else did they pick up? Uh, Shane Larkin, and uh, I think there's some rumor going around now that they, they brought in. Because if this trade goes through, they could potentially have two roster spots open. So they're, um, they brought in, what's his face, uh, Thomas Robinson today for a workout. But I would think, you know what? If I'm the Celtics, and I know there's still mutual respect between them, I go after Tony Allen, bro. He, he's available. He's a lockdown D kind of guy that you need. You know, yeah, he's, he's a little older, but he's still a lockdown defender. And he's available. If I'm the Celtics, I'd be on the phone right now with him and say, hey, do you want to come in for the veteran minimum? You know, that's another guy because you are losing... Let's say you are, oh, uh, you know what? Another guy I forgot to mention is uh, Semi Ojale, who they also drafted last year, too. This guy is like a, pretty much like a, a, a Jay Crowder clone. Yet he can shoot better, and he's a foot taller. I think Jay Crowder is, what, 6'6? Six, six. This guy is. A foot seven. taller? What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, inch taller. What am I thinking? Foot taller. Oh, okay. What am I thinking? <laughs> like, oh. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, he's an inch taller. Sorry. He see he was six six. He's six seven. Yeah, he's six seven. He's out of SMU. This guy was going to be supposedly he was supposed to be a top ten pick in last year's draft, but uh, but with all the depth on the draft, he got pushed down to like the late uh, round or the first round, and the Celtics picked him up. This guy's this what he call a three and D um, player. He hit the three and he could play defense. You know, he just like that. Uh, he just like Greg, uh, just like Drake Crowder in a way. I mean, Jay Crowder is, is another guy, which I I sort of hate to see go, dude, because he's like one of those those hardcore Celtics. He's like he defines the Celtic the way he plays defense, and the, it's hard in, into being a Celtic. You know, it's it's hard to see him go because especially with his really good contract. I think he was, he was still getting paid six million or seven million a year for the next two years. So that's also. Uh, and I think that's um, that's I'm sort, of, I'm sort of sad to see go if this trade goes through. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know um, I think um, 
going back to your question, I think they would have the best start of five in the East, sure. But then I think it comes down to depth. You know, that's going to be an issue with depth. Because until all these players sort of know the situation, know their roles, uh, it will take some time before everything clicks in as one. Okay, going back to the Jay Crowder, I mean, like, with him and Avery Bradley, I mean, Boston's essentially losing probably two of their three best, what, perimeter defenders from last season. So, I mean, in their in their new installment of their start, starting lineup, uh, is there really anybody there, I mean, that really scares you, like, from a defensive standpoint? Not really, right? Yeah, well, there is. There is. You know, their best, uh, I mean, obviously, Avery Bradley was their best defender. Okay, he was their best defender, but the, but then but then also Avery Bradley had his limits because Avery Bradley was only six one. You know, I mean, um, he can defend position one to one and two easily, bro, and maybe even three to a certain extent. But 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 when it came down to like um, some of the bigger threes and then and then the fours, he wasn't able to defend them. They were they would run over him. You know, that's the only thing. But then if you look at it, Marcus Smart is still there. You know, he was also, I think he was number two right behind Avery Bradley. Yeah, he's probably their Smart best has, defender now. And, I mean, he's coming off the bench, like we mentioned, right? So I'm, I'm talking yeah, about their right. starting lineup. I mean, who's their best defender in their starting lineup? Is it Brown or Hayward? Starting lineup? In the starting lineup, it'd have to be probably uh, Jalen Brown and um, Marcus Morris. I mean, people also forget, dude, Marcus Morris, he's a very good defender. You know, he's just like his brother. He's a very good defender, and he can defend. It's like a, this is what the Celtics sort of missed last year, and he brings it where the physicality. You know, last year, um, what do you call Jay Crowder sometimes played the four, uh, switching with Horford and so on. But, I mean, he's not as, um, he wasn't as physical. But now you bring in Marcus Morris, who is an extremely physical kind of guy. And I think this adds a whole new um, a whole new plot to their defense. When you bring in Morris, I think Jalen Brown is also an excellent defender. He's in his second year now. He's only going to get better. Let's say you bring in um, uh, Tony Allen. If you were to sign him, there you go. That's another... Um, wing defender and uh, he's what six I think Tony Allen's what six four six five yeah somewhere around there uh, six five six six yeah somewhere around there <laughs> Avery Bally was six one I mean he may not be as quick as Avery Bally is I mean uh, Avery Bally's the man dude when it comes to defense but I mean sometimes when you saw him like um, when you, when, especially in Cleveland I, I guess a camp series when like um, he wasn't able to defend like LeBron as a cat some points during the game. I mean, who can defend LeBron? I mean, LeBron's LeBron. You know, but I mean, I think the Celtics, yeah, they might lose uh, a little bit on defense with this trade, you know, with, with the trade of Bradley and so on, but their offense gets a whole lot better. And the thing is, this is set for, and this is also set for um, what Ainge is trying to do is he's trying to uh, set this team up where, I mean, it's sort of, the whole point is he's trying to set it up where they can, if they have, excuse me, if they have the chance to compete now, and but they have the assets to be, um, 
to be better in the future too. But let's say this trade goes through, their player, I mean, besides like Al Horford, I think uh, uh, besides Horford, uh, uh, the, what do you call, uh, 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 the oldest player on the team is Marcus Morris. So I think Marcus Morris is like, what, 27? Yeah, somewhere around there, I think. 27, 28. Yeah, like 27. yeah, yeah, 27, 28. So besides Horford, everybody else is still young. Plus you have the picks coming in uh, down the road. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think you're right, you know. I mean, they do lose um, some point on defense. But I think with this team, offense is a whole lot better. Because you, when you have multiple options, like say, um, okay, we're under the assumption that the trade is going through, or the trade is going to go through. You have Kyrie, you have Horford, you have Hayward, okay? And you have Jalen Brown. You have, like, multiple scoring options there. And you bring in Marcus Morris that can uh, rebound. He can also do things in the paint. So you have multiple scoring options that you had last year. Because last year, pretty much, I hate to put it this way, but last year was pretty much the whole game of the Celtics was having IT shoot the ball trying to get him um, screens and so on so he gets a clean shot. That was pretty much game A, right? Maybe game B was to have the other guy shoot as well. But this, when you have this option, you have multiple multiple options they can throw at you. And especially in Steven's system, I mean, this is another thing I wanted to bring up, and I think maybe this also plays into all these trades and so on. Because Brad Stevens has this, what, his philosophy is a, it's called positionless basketball. So it's pretty much saying you can make plays without having the ball in your hand. That's what his whole philosophy is. Where he, he doesn't see you as a number, like a one through five. He sees you as a player within a system that has the ability to defend any position. That's that's how he views it. You know, and in a sense, who knows? Maybe, I mean, Steven says, I'm the coach, you know, I, I don't have any any, um, any what you call, any say in the, in player personnel, that's up to Ainge, but uh, you never know. I mean, behind the scenes, he might be telling Ainge, you know what, let's, let's go with this trade, but I think he's going to fit the system well. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, bro. I mean, uh, I mean, right now, I think everything, I think, uh, like you said, the trade will go through at some point. You know, uh, I, I think maybe Boston might add a second router uh, to sweeten the deal. But that's pretty much it. I think uh, Ainge needs to, I think he already drew the line saying, you know, you're not getting Tatum, you're not getting Brown. This is it. This is, this is all it is. And I, I think that in a sense, it's, um, in a sense, I feel bad because I think the, both the Celtics and the Cavs are being unfair to, uh, to IT, you know, because they're not getting the situation completed. You know, I think this more falls on the Cavs because the Cavs are not, they're not giving an answer as far as what they want. They're just pushing it to, to the last second. And I, I, and I think that's all comes down to their rookie GM who, who doesn't know. I mean, he, yeah, he, he's a young GM. He has, he's smart. I mean, he wants to do risk, but there's certain rules and etiquette, I would think, as, as being a general manager in the league and being part of that, um, that circle where you have to, like, once you make a decision, once you do something, you have to come up to a decision. You can't let it drag on and drag on. In the future, it's just going to make him look like a, a fool in a way, and other GMs will not want to work with him. 
Right. Uh, so g- getting back to Kyrie, uh, I mean, he's going to be the man in Boston. Uh, he's going to be the a primary focus of every team opposing team's defense. Uh, he's going to have a bigger workload on him. Uh, are you concerned in any bit uh, about Kyrie's injury past as being the main guy, high usage rate, anything like that? What's your concern level with Kyrie's injury history and his injury prone uh, I mean, style of play? I don't know much. I don't know much of his injury history, but I know he's had some injuries in the past. You know, I don't know much of them. I think they're healed by now. I just don't know which one is um, what is what as far as injuries are concerned. I mean, what, what happened to him? But I do know that, I mean, one thing that, that does concern me in a way is his ability to play defense. I know he's, he's going to be better than Isaiah. Um, I would say not much better, a little better. He's taller. But I still think he has to learn how to play defense as well. You know, I don't think he, he's that great of a defender himself. You know, that's my main concern. Uh, as far uh, as injuries are concerned, I don't really know, like, what happened to him in the past. I, I think he has some knee injuries. But I think, uh, for what I know, I think he's been um, he healed from those. Right. And then uh, going back to Kyrie, uh, I mean, kind of as a, as a guy who has, like, a pretty uh, stacked team around him with Hayward, Horford, some other guys on Boston – how do you see him kind of faring as a kind of like a true point guard, kind of controlling the tempo, kind of controlling the pace of a game, kind of getting other players involved like Gordon Hayward, Al Horford? I mean, how do you see him kind of faring from that type of aspect? I think he can do that. I think this is what he wants to do. I think his whole thing is being in a LeBron's shadow the last, what, three, four years? You know, I think this is exactly what he what wanted him to get that trade, you know, that, that he asked for that trade last year, you know, even after winning a championship with, with Cleveland, you know, because I think he was, Cleveland's system was run around um, LeBron, and it's like every play had to have LeBron involved in some way or another. That was, I think that's how a Cleveland system, or Cleveland ran the system with LeBron, you know, and that's how they're going to do next year too, without Kyrie Irving. You know, and uh, I think here, with this opportunity, he's going to have the, uh, the ability to control um, the ball and control, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, the tempo of the game. You know, because that's the biggest, I think Kyrie is, um, is what he called. He's also, I mean, he's a point guard. You know, I mean, he likes to have the ball in his hand. He likes to make decisions making. You know, and I, I think um, I think um, a lot of people. I think um, one of the most maybe understatements or maybe underestimated things um, a lot of people are not looking into is I think Brad Stevens will find a way in his system to make Kyrie Irving a better player than he was in Cleveland. You know, I mean, yes, he was a star in Cleveland, but I think with Brad Stevens, that's just a that's his natural ability is to get these players and find ways and and sort of enhance their talent. And I think within Brad Stevens' systems, it, it, it might take some time. You know, unfortunately, it might take some time because it's a whole new team for them to click and develop and learn the system. 
but after some, like, maybe, I think, like, maybe, maybe 10, maybe 10, 10, 12 games, they'll start clicking. And then once they get to the point, I think he has the ability to become a superstar under Brad Stevens, um, under Brad Stevens' system. All right, definitely. Uh, and so uh, Boston, I mean, should be exciting team, exciting time for uh, Boston Celtics fans. Uh, should be a wonderful, exciting upcoming season for them. Uh, so going back to their their trade partner in Cleveland, the three-time reigning Eastern Conference champions and looking to <laughs> be four, uh, four in a row in the Eastern Conference champions, uh, what, what ex- where exactly did they go with uh, – Isaiah now is the centerpiece of that trade, and then uh, inserting also Crowder and then Ante Zizic off the bench. I mean, how does their team look uh, going into next season? Still the best team in the East and uh, four so. four Eastern Conference championships in a row? What do you think? I think, you know what, uh, I think they're still the best team in the East. I mean, they have to be, someone has to beat them for them not to be the best. I, I, still, think they, I still think they can be the best team in the East. You know, one thing a lot of people don't also realize, I was watching what he called ESPN today, and I, was, I think I was watching uh, Max, or, um, Max and... Uh, Stephen A? Who else were having... Yeah, Stephen A or something, yeah. Max a, yeah, Max and Stephen A today were having a um, uh, conversation. And uh, I like Stephen A's point. You know, I mean, when you, if this thing goes through, which is expected, I mean, you're not going to expect... Okay, let's say Isaiah has his injury and so on, and what do you call it? Okay, in the first half of the season, he may not play for South Asian, but but he may come back in the second half of the season once he's fully healed, and there you have an added person to your bench, an added scoring option. You know, because there's rumors going on now, but, I mean, obviously we, we're talking about the Wade rumor that he might, that he'll get bought out and he'll go away with Cleveland. He'll go sign um, a bed minimum with Cleveland, there's rumors of Carmelo being traded to Cleveland. You know, so if you have a lineup, eventually, I mean, we'll see, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But if they could potentially have, have a lineup of, uh, I mean, oh, actually, I also failed to mention that they also have a Derrick Rose next year. So they could have the potential lineup, starting lineup of Rose, Wade, LeBron, Carmelo. Derrick Rose is not going to start over Isaiah Thomas, but... No, but the, but the, but the thing is, Isaiah Thomas is, is not going to play for some time until his injury heals. So in the meantime, they need to have a point guard, right? Because Isaiah Thomas, who knows what's going to happen with the injury. Even, I mean, it's not publicly said what it is, but I think it's like a torn... Uh, I'm probably uh, butchering the word, a turn... Labrum or something. Torn labrum, yeah. Yeah, labrum, labrum, and I think from uh, from what I read from those injuries, it's extremely difficult to come back after those and be back to where you are one hundred percent. So I mean, let's see. I think uh, I should have had the surgery a long time ago, but so I think eventually there could be some surgery coming in. So who knows how long that injury will will keep him out? But in the meantime, until he comes back. You know, you can have um, you, you can definitely have Rose starting point guard. You can have um, they still have what? Uh, let's say they if they don't trade for Carmelo. You have Rose. You can have Wade, LeBron, um, Tristan Thompson as your center. Then you have um, uh, 
Kevin yeah. Love. Well, LeBron will be power forward. Small forward could be Shumpert. No, they're gonna. Kevin Love is gonna start. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Kevin Love. I worry about Kevin Love. So I mean, go, going into the cool. season, it's probably gonna be. I mean, depending on what happens with Isaiah, uh, uh, either him or Derrick Rose, then J.R. Smith, LeBron, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. Pretty similar to last year, right. just switching Thomas and Irving, whatever. And then, I mean, Wade, I mean, we don't know when he's going to be bought out. I mean, possibly December, January, who knows. And then Carmelo, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that seems very kind of iffy, I mean, that they do. It's up in the air, bro, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're kind of looking towards the future, right? I mean, if they kind of expect LeBron to leave. I mean, it's kind of better to have Kevin Love going forward in the next couple seasons than older Carmelo Anthony. So That's true. But the, but the thing with LeBron, you know what LeBron eventually wants to do? He wants to have at least one year playing with his boat buddies. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I see that more in. I see that more in Houston than I I, I do in. Yeah, yeah, correct, in correct, Cleveland, right. but. correct. I mean, with with the banana boat buddies. So we'll see, bro. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with all this. I mean, first, right now, we just have to see what. We see what happens with this Irving uh, fiasco. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, a lot I of mean, a, uh, NBA has become a full time uh, twelve year round drama soap opera i mean so it's really interesting yeah. to watch and uh i mean i'm i agree with you i think cleveland's still best team in the east i mean they have the best player in the in the nba in my opinion still and yeah yeah correct for that with that i mean boston i mean improved significantly with kyrie irving and gordon hayward marcus morris so they're going to be a threat as well but i think cleveland's still the team to be in the east in my opinion just because they have lebron and i mean and he's play, basically played 14 seasons, I mean, injury-free basketball. I mean, I have nothing, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen nothing, anything to kind of sway me from picking Cleveland in the East uh, again this season. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, exactly. kind of segueing to Carmelo, uh, do you think he stays with the Knicks? I mean, or do you think he's ultimately dealt? Or, and when is he going to be dealt? Because this thing is dra- I mean, has been dragging on, dragging on, dragging on. I think he. I think he's going to be dealt. You know, because uh, I know Carmelo Anthony is like a fixture on the Knicks. He's been there, you know, he's a veteran. But I think the Knicks have to make a, cho- a choice, dude. I, I think they got to go, you know, I mean, right now they're not going to be competitive. You know, they're not going to be a competitive team, and they had to make a decision. I mean, I mean, they have uh, a Peringus, but, you know, they, they were willing to toss him. Um, they were close to actually trading him this offseason. You know, to get something, but I think they're realizing. I mean, they have a new. Um, um, what's his face is gone. You know, the um, uh, I forget. I'm forgetting his name, but he, but he's gone. There's a. They have a new GM. You know, hey, things are changing. You know, I mean, their whole philosophy is going to change. They got to get younger. They got to rebuild. You know, and I think with Carmelo there, that's just going to halt younger players' development. But I think the best option, if I was, uh, I think their GM is, what's his face, the guy from the, he used to play the Spurs. Ah, I can't get his name, I forget his name, but uh, I think what he used to do is he used to look for, look into trading Carmelo and see what he can get back from him. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've definitely got to build around Porzingis and then uh, obviously that French guard that they drafted this season and the, yeah. the draft. And then, I mean, I mean, 
you have to deal Carmelo. I think he's leaving either way once he's a free agent. So to get something right, for him right. while you can. And then should be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, the Knicks, I mean, even though they've been one of the worst teams of the last 17 seasons of this century, they're always interesting for some reason, kind of similar to the Cowboys in the NFL. So <laughs> they're always polarizing and uh, everyone's always drawn to what's going on and with with their front office with their team so it should be interesting excuse me to see what happens but uh kind of getting into a totally different topic uh i mean and moving to the west coast all the way from the east coast uh the lakers uh being accused by indiana front office of tampering uh tampering charges uh in regards to Paul George, uh, upcoming free agent in the 2018 offseason. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that one? Okay, you know what? Uh, I'm going to sum this up to you in uh, in quote, in one quote, my, my friend, you know, it's going to be well, one of my buddies, you know. Um, he's from New York. I mean, uh, he's from L.A., okay. He's a Laker fan, but he's in New York now. Uh, he lives with his wife in New York. But when we t- when we were discussing about this, this is his quote. Okay, Mary Johnson is is as guilty as Putin is as guilty for rigging the election last year. <laughs> so he is guilty. Okay, no, there's no there's no hands down. There's nothing about it. Magic is guilty, bro. You know, I mean, Magic is. You know, I brought this up to my Laker friends, to my Lake, I mean, to my cousins who are big time Laker fans. They all deny it, but like, bro, you know. Magic went on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and he that's where he let it out, saying his wink-wink, if he sees Paul George, he's not going to hesitate to say, hey, if I just see him down the street, hey, what about coming to, to the Lakers? You, you, know he, you know he's done it, dude. You know I mean? You know, every team does it to some way or extent, but you don't go on national TV and mention it, you know? <laughs> it's like you're sort of giving evidence to the league, hey, here you go, look what I did, you know? And I think it, there is tampering to a, a certain extent. But unfortunately, it's going to come down to what the NBA decides. And knowing the NBA, the NBA is all about ratings, bro. You know, they, they want to, they're always saying catch up to the NFL when it, when it comes to ratings. They don't care. They want ratings to happen. They want people to be interested. They want trades to happen. They want teams become super teams because they want more people to watch. So I, I can totally see, I can totally see the NBA pretty much knowing that Matty Johnson violated this, uh, but doing nothing except for taking away maybe a, a few second round picks. Yeah, I mean... i like to see, what i like to see is, is them to is hit the Lakers pretty hard and say, hey, you know what? You can't do this. What you did is tampering and saying that that George was never a lock to even sign with the Lakers. You know, I know a lot of Laker fans don't want to hear that, but he was never a lock to sign with the Lakers. I mean, there was a rumor going around that I think it's true that um, there's a rumor that was going around that if the Celtics tried signed Hayward, they were, he was going to sign with the with the Celtics for a three year contract. You know, but obviously uh, the GM of the uh, of the Pacers traded um, a what do you call? Um, it, it, he, he traded uh, 
him to uh, the West Coast and pretty much got nothing back for him. I mean, yeah, you get uh, Victor Oladipo, who is an expensive contract, and you get Dante Sabonis. You know, there was a lot better trades out there where he could easily trade them to the Celtics and got a huge uh, thing back, possibly the Brooklyn pick as well. You know, so in a sense, I think it's, um, I think there is tampering. You know, I think Magic is stupid enough to, to have done it. You know, I think he did it. I think he tampered, and uh, I think he tampered, and I think the, um, we'll see what happens with the league. You know, if, if the league finally decides to wait, hey, you know what, this is not allowed. we got to make an example. And I, I, I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this whole tampering thing, I mean, I, this kind of just seems more to me like kind of a, like a disgruntled thing, I mean, on the part of Indiana's GM. I mean, he's just kind of just bitter over Paul George's desire to leave, and he's kind of just... Kind of just, uh, I mean, trying to uh, disrupt George's, uh, I guess, desirability or ultimate desire to want to go to L.A. and go back to his hometown. I mean, it kind of reminds me kind of something similar to the Cavs charging uh, Miami of tampering charges back when they signed LeBron in 2010. It's kind of something like disgruntled owner, disgruntled front office group. I mean, and I mean, in my opinion, I, I think a lot of tampering goes on. I mean, just not... A, picked up some, like something like this but i mean I don't, I don't think something drastic happens i i don't remember kind of recall what happened to miami i think that was just that investigation was kind of just shut down i mean it was kind of just a plea like a dying plea from dan gilbert and this kind of seems like the same type of position to me uh, on the part of indiana's ownership group so it's i mean uh that's what i thought you know that's what i initially my initial thing was that as well. It's not going to be a big deal or whatnot, but when I saw, like, the interview with Jimmy Kimmel and other things and the way Magic was responding and he was so happy when the name Paul George came up, you know, there was something obviously there behind the back. You know, and on national TV, he does this, the wink-wink thing. So, you know, I think think in my mind that's, yes, uh, the Pacers GM is sort of disgruntled and so on, but you know what? You know what? It's. Uh, I think the also Pacers are also doing this probably because of the way Matt Johnson reacted. You know, I think they're saying like, okay, here he must have used something. He must have said something. They, come on, man. Matt Johnson is Matt Johnson, but he's not the most brilliant guy in the world. I mean, look at his life story, dude. With the getting the AIDS and so on, he's not very brilliant. You know, I mean, um, a lot of people give him, I think, a lot of credit, like, because of his Dodgers situation, but uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that he's nothing to the Dodgers except just for the Dodgers just have him for a marketing face. He doesn't make these the decisions on player personnel. He doesn't do anything. It's the Guggenheimer brothers who own the Dodgers. They just bought him in for, be, for being the marketing face of the, of the league. That's it. So they can sell tickets. You know? And I, I, that's what I think. I think uh, the league has to do something where it's, uh, I mean, it could be as simple as taking away a first-round pick, you know? I mean, but they have to do something, but I think he did some some sort of tampering. You know, because, well, obviously Paul George lives in L.A., he comes to L.A. even often. Oh, come on. I mean, the the idea of Paul George and Magic not meeting Paul George when Paul George was in L.A. to visit or so on, or at at nightclubs and so on, is very, I mean... For people to say that they didn't meet and talk, I think that's a lie. But I think they probably 
multiple times. And I think Magic tried to convince him because there's all this talk, bro. You know, I mean, it's like it's got to come from somewhere. You know, I mean, it's not coming from Paul George. Paul George, yeah, he said, I would like to play for the Lakers at home. They're a, uh, my hometown team. But he never said, I'm going to sign with them. I'm going to sign with the Lakers. I want this. No, he didn't. He never said that. That's all the media playing for. You know, that's all the media. And I, I think to a, to a certain extent, that could be Matt Johnson and Lakers management he, sort of pushing the media to say that. You know, because in a way they want him to sign with the Lakers. And I think that could be possibly, you know, tampering in a way. Because I look at it like this. Okay, Boston had ties with Gordon Hayward, with Stevens, right? Back to his days at Butler. But you don't see Ainge getting on the phone. I mean, getting on, um, on going on Jimmy Kimmel, saying anything about it. You know, there was um, Ainge, yeah, he... He had a, a lot of connections to to, uh, to Hayward um, with Butler. I mean, with Stevens and so on. But they never met. They never talked about it. You know, it's just that when he became a free agent, when he finally became a free agent, then they started to talk about it when that free agency started. But this stuff is happening. This stuff potentially happened with Magic and and uh, and George when George was still on the contract, and that's a violation. No matter how you look at it, that is tampering. Hey, but it all depends what the league does to it. If the league might not, might not the league uh, might not do anything at all because they don't want to see all the Lakers get pushed back again a couple of years. So we have to wait and see, I guess. Okay, yeah. I mean, it should be interesting. I think the league will do a thorough investigation and uh, they'll ultimately make the right decision. I mean, based on what their findings are, and it should be interesting to see what happens with that. But Akshay, like like I said, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank you so much for coming on yeah. again. Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And everybody, thank you always for listening. Uh, football season, NFL season specifically, is less than two weeks away. Uh, within the next week, week and a half, I should have uh, two more podcasts out doing the over-unders for both the AFC and the NFC. So look forward to doing that and be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys for listening.